Welcome uh, to the Culture Jack News Desk. Today is Thursday, October 14th, 2021. And today, from our news team, PETA tries to cancel a video game. I bet you can't guess which one it is. Halo Infinite has some more leaks that have gone out. And uh, we get a chance to take a look at uh, a little bit of the early gameplay uh, for the new Saints Row game. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. Like I said, uh, if you are new to this podcast, if you're new to this show on the Culture Jack News Desk, we talk mostly about video game industry and video game news and, you know, consoles and PCs and peasants and the like. Uh, I mean, I guess just console peasants because there aren't PC peasants. We have put those people up on a pedestal, I think, that is so much higher than our own stations that even like there is some real internalized uh, self-doubt that you have as a console player. Let me tell you that the, the PC players have been very successful in making us subscribe to this thought that we are less than. And let me just tell you, I don't think... <laughs> That we are less than. What am I talking about today? I I did it again this week. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I delayed and I procrastinated all morning. And I went to go record this episode. And I just sat there and I looked and I, I went and got some Pringles. And I was like, these Pringles are delicious. I can't possibly record it now while I'm eating Pringles. I mean, that would I on the on the surface that would also just be very unprofessional if I went to go record a, an entire podcast with a mouthful of Pringles. Perhaps I will try it next uh, week. I'll call it Pringles properly. No, I, I sat around, my computer has almost died, and I have refused to plug it in to give myself more time to record it. I am now, I've come up against the wire. I'm going to get this thing recorded. I'm going to get it done, and I'm going to get it out. I don't know. It's just been kind of a weird day. It's very muggy out, Oh, I had a I had a, a meeting with an app developer. That's pretty exciting news if you if I don't say so myself. So um, I think more news to come on that later. I think I'll talk a little bit more about that in another episode. But that was very exciting. It was my my first opportunity to do something like that. And it was it was neat. I was able to provide feedback on a relatively new app on well, shit, I think it's on everything, but it's at, at the very least, it's on my iPhone. Um, and so I went through the news and I found some other news stuff and I said, damn it, just record, just record the show. You don't need to scour the whole internet, but give them a taste. Give the the fine fans and followers and listeners of the Culture Jack podcast a taste of the video game news that's out there currently. And this is our video game show for the week. This is the news desk. We have other shows on the Culture Jack podcast that might be more your style, might be more your cup of tea. Tomorrow we have the Friday show. I'm going to talk about an event that, well, we don't have it every year. My brother and I host an event that we have, shit, at least, at least every other year. It would seem the pandemic put a, a real wrinkle in last year's event, it really stymied some of our participants in this year's event. But uh, I'm going to talk about an event that we have tomorrow on the Friday show. Then on Saturday, we have occasionally a show we call the OTE or on today's episode where we talk about a show that we've been watching or are currently watching or 
a movie that we have just watched. We kind of break it down. It's kind of a review and recap show. You'll hear either myself or Anthony, my co-host, on that show. Then on Sunday, Anthony's back proper to deliver you information on the movie industry. It's like a news show for uh, movies, television, and entertainment, much like I do this show for video games. And then on Monday, he will he will give kind of his version of the Friday show, whatever the hell he wants to talk about on Monday on a show called Monday Madness. And that's our lineup. I mean, a lot of great stuff. You guys have been listening to us for a while. I mean, those of you that have, <laughs> how weird of it would be, it would be if uh, you just, you just had found the podcast. It was your first time listening. And uh, I, I told you that, thank you for listening for so long. You'd think I was a crazy person. And I'm not going to say I'm the most well put together, but I'm not a crazy person. And that has been uh, stigmatized so much so in our society today that that's not even right for me to say, I don't think. So with all of that being said, with all of um, my announcements, my procrastinations, my hesitations, let's take a peek at the news. All right. First, first up for the news, we've got uh, Bloodborne producer. Now, I'll, I'll try and do my best on this name here. Masaki ya- Yamagiwa has a joined Team Ninja. So, like I said, he was the producer on uh, Bloodborne, which is, I believe, uh, from Team... And no, it's it's from from software. Say say that five times fast. So team ninja, I I thought for a minute in my you know most addled brain, I thought, well, team ninja that is, um, that is a Microsoft purchase studio. Like when Microsoft went on their big purchasing bent, uh, I I was pretty sure that team ninja was one of the acquisitions that they had made, you know, like back in 2018, 2019. However, I was mistaken. So uh, Ninja Theory is the one that Microsoft purchased, the exclusive uh, studio for Microsoft. And they are the ones that produced the Sinuous Saga, the Hellblade Sinuous Saga game. And I guess it's it's upcoming sequel as well. No, Team Ninja is known for Ninja Gaiden and Neo. And uh, let's see, the headline also says they're currently at work on Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, which I think was the really weird one from this last summer. Anyway, it'll be cool to see, um, it'll be cool to see this producer, wait, from software, Bloodborne, they do the, the Demon Souls, the Dark Souls and the like. This has no effect on me. For some reason, I kept thinking this was like this was big Microsoft and Xbox gaming news, but it's not really. It's just someone from a third party studio going to another third party studio that's going to produce new games. Well, hopefully, I mean, what does that what does that mean for games like Ninja Ninja Gaiden? So if we if we put those two games side by side, we put them head to head and we butt up a game like Ninja Gaiden and then Dark Souls. And if you look at those two games, you will see two games that have a very, uh, very, I guess, uh, hard scope of work. You got a, a very limited accessibility when it comes to, um, player forgiveness. Like it, it is not a very forgiving game, either of them. And so uh, a, guy, a guy that makes hard games, well, 
shoot, he's still making hard games, but for someone else. Okay, what else do we have here? Metroid Dread is the fastest selling Metroid game in the UK to date. So the Nintendo Switch OLED model just came out. My wife purchased one. She's enjoying it very much. And I took a look at it and it is not, you know, as advertised. It's, it is as advertised. It is not a huge mid mid console upgrade like some people might think it is it is a nicer screen it is a little bit better battery life a little bit wider screen other than that the controls are the same the operating system is the same the guts inside the thing is basically the same the the switch dock is very similar uh, except the whole back panel comes off as as opposed to just kind of you know folds off for your your wire and cord management otherwise it's a it's a it's a fine-looking console. It's just as good as the Switch, but hers was dying very much so. Why am I talking about the Switch? This is about Metroid Dread. So Metroid Dread came out the same day as the new Nintendo Switch. And a lot of folks are really singing the praises of Metroid Dread, saying it's a very, very good game. They, they say the only, the only bad part about it is uh, what was most heavily advertised for the game prior to its release, and that was... I can't remember what they're called, but they're like dog robot looking things. And they come down and they see Samus and Samus has to hide from them and stuff. And people say that's kind of the the worst part of uh, of this new Metroid game. Other news, other news, other news. What do we have here? So, uh, OK, Microsoft giving out custom Nickelodeon themed Xbox Series X consoles. And that giveaway starts now. Well, and that now was from October 11th. So a few days ago. That's not what I took this picture of. This is what I wanted to talk about. A rumor. We have a rumor. Another rumor for Grand Theft Auto. The trilogy. The definitive edition. Will have a physical release in December. Um, wait. Wait. Then the sub subtitle here says. The Grand Theft Auto Remastered Trilogy's current gen versions. Will be delayed to next year. According to sources. Okay, that is a very conflicting couple of statements there. It's going to come out in December or it's going to be uh, deferred until next year. One other thing I did hear, though, uh, actually, I think I saw this on a Facebook post in one of the gaming groups that I'm in. Some guy was saying, and then you can take that quote to the bank. You can you can say, well, who'd you hear it from? Well, some guy. That's who I heard it from. Some guy was saying that this Grand Theft Auto trilogy, this remaster, is going to be $70 on release. That seems a little steep for some games. I, what was it? It was Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto uh, Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. For those those games that are well over a decade, over maybe two decades old at this point, uh, you're going to charge a whole whole ass $70? That doesn't seem right. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't do it. I'm not saying that it doesn't seem right in that they're not going to charge that exorbitant amount, but it doesn't seem like it's the right thing to do. But since since when have like mega corporations and specifically gaming uh, corporations and specifically Take-Two Interactive and Rockstar been, uh, you know, philanthropic in nature and, and given their games away? They haven't. They haven't. When it comes to Skyrim, when it comes to Grand Theft Auto, uh, they are going to milk that cow, beat that dead horse, and make you pay for it as many times as possible. All right, so this is what I was talking about at the head of the show, uh, talking about PETA. Uh, and, and, gosh, I can't even remember the the acronym for 
PETA right now. All I all I can think of when I think of um, PETA is that that stupid ass cringy shirt that people wear as people eating tasty animals. And I hate myself for that being the own. It's it. What is it? What do they stand for? People for the ethical treatment of animals. I think I think is something what it, something along the lines of what it st- stands for. But what PETA is doing is they are um, demanding that Far Cry Six remove a cockfighting mini game that they have in the game. So it, I under I understand kind of what PETA is angling for here, and and them going oh this uh, digital game will want will encourage people to have animal abuse will encourage people to fight their dogs and their and their chickens and and roosters and whatnot in a in a caged arena mat match for um money and for uh wagers and and betting and, and the like and i yeah i guess i could i could see it but if if we were to say that that was a legitimate argument it would be no no better an argument uh, than the politicians that say uh, video games cause gun violence. It, these these could, because then think of the implications. If a a terrible act to an animal in a game were, were to be perceived as tacit approval of that act to that animal, and that you should perform that act in IRL in the real world. Then there again, what's his what's his name in Grand Theft Auto Five when he tortured that guy in the garage? You would then also be saying that that act of torture, and you'd be taking the same stance that saying this imaginary world has these these real world implications. And I'm not saying that it doesn't, but all of the studies that have been done so far says that it is not. It's it's hardly negligible. So. I don't think they'll be successful in their campaign, but there have been campaigns for video games to remove things in the past. So even if it were, um, I mean, it wouldn't be be beyond the pale here. Let's see. uh, Saints Row has showcased some gameplay for their open world of Santo Ieso. Uh, new gameplay footage courtesy of Game Informer gives us another glimpse at the open world of the upcoming Saints Row reboot. So I watched this gameplay, a uh, good-looking game. I mean, Saints Row has always been a good-looking game. I played it first on the Xbox 360, and I can't. I remen- remember being so blown away by the shadows and specifically by a very shiny vest that my character was wearing. I, I've always liked Saints Row. I never played the latter Saints Rows, the Saints Rows 3s and 4s, where it got really zany and aliens and you had big giant dildos you were slapping people with. That was never my style of game. Um, but the original Saints Row was really good. And uh, from the gameplay, it looks like it's kind of a kind of a return to form for Saints Row. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I may pick it up again at at some point. Okay. So this this next piece of news kind of coincides with a rumor going on a little bit later uh, that I have in the show here. Uh, so Sony hires former Apple Arcade boss as the head of PlayStation Mobile. 
Now, Anthony and I, I have argued about this stuff uh, for a while and, and where he says, you know, mobile gaming is going to have to take some cues from console gaming. And I'm on the other side of that argument where I say, well, you know, I think that, you know, console gaming is going to be taking more and more cues from mobile uh, gaming um, because mobile gaming, I think, um, I mean, unless in the numbers that I've looked at are incorrect, I think that it is much more uh, profitable a model than console gaming. So um, this announcement is really, really interesting for that very debate that's going on between Anthony and myself. Nicola Sebastani headed Apple's initiatives in the mobile space for several years. Now he will be doing the same for PlayStation. So just kind of keep this story in the back of your mind when we get on to something, something else here. Uh, let's see. Among Us is going to launch for PlayStation and Xbox, quote, later than intended, but still in 2021. So popular mobile game and PC game Among Us is coming to those consoles. Hopefully, hopefully this is the only delay that we'll get sometime in 2021. I'd love to play it with you. Um, we should have a culture jacked Among Us attorney. I won't stream it because I have the Internet of a let's see the internet of a muddy driveway is is <laughs> you just said lamp are you just looking at things and shouting them uh i love lamp saying you love them um <laughs> i realize i'm out of sorts today and you know what i think i i say that in most of the episodes I do, especially most of the news episodes that I do on this podcast. So you wouldn't be faulted for saying that, no, you're not out of sorts today. You're out of sorts all the time. This is just another show with you in it. And therefore it is a show with you out of sorts in it. I'm excited for Among Us. I like that game. Granted, no one in my immediately immediate friend or, or family circle likes that game. I think my counter might be crooked. Look at that thing. Good Lord. Maybe I'm stacking too many heavy things on that side of the counter. Just weighing it down. The whole thing's going to fall one day. Ah, this, like Sai Thomas said in uh, One Punch Man, I'll leave tomorrow's problems to tomorrow's me. So, yeah, Among Us should be good. <laughs> The thing about Among Us is my kids like to play it. However, there are, let's just say people that are rude and inappropriate on games where you can communicate to other people online. And so that's the, the major crux of Among Us and why it is best played on a on a PC where you can type, tippity type on a keyboard and granted they can still be rude on a keyboard, but the emotional impact of someone yelling at a child over a voice communication of some kind online is, is much greater. I think than uh, someone tippity typing on a, uh, I almost said, almost said uh, typewriter. Oh, just a reminder. I won't have it in the upcoming game releases at the end of the show today, but Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvel game, uh, is coming here soon. It's like under two weeks at this point. I mean, if we're, what's today, the 14th, and it's coming out, I don't know, less than two weeks, though. Very excited about that. Okay, we talked about Battlefield 2042. No, no, we didn't talk about that. What, what did we talk about? Oh, this is a different story. 
Battlefield 2042 started out as a Battle Royale title. And at least that's the, the rumor, according to insider Tom Henderson. And we just talked about another Battle Royale game last week. It was Frontline. Battle, it wasn't Battlefield Frontline. It was Rainbow Six. It was a U, uh, uh, Ubisoft thing, I think. But I'll echo the sentiments that I've had before for Battle Royale in the past. If you think that you could do something different in the Battle Royale genre, just like if you think you could do something different, unique, or engaging in a fighting game genre, or a racing game genre, or an RPG, I say go for it. I don't think that the market is too crowded to have more Battle Royale games. Yeah, we don't want a clone of Fortnite or a clone of Apex Legends. Those are very two distinctly different games. Um, and I'm happy that they both exist within the space. And I think one thing that is missing from Battle Royale games, even though there is a certain level of destructibility in Fortnite where you can tear down walls and build buildings uh, there is a very there's a very special kind of destruction that happens in battlefield games where buildings fall and walls are shot through and chunks are blown off by tanks and air support and the, and the like that you just don't see really in a battle royale game or at least you know to my knowledge i mean maybe you do but uh i haven't if you, if you have, leave us a comment. You can do that on any one of our social media platforms on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, at Culture Jack. Just go ahead and do it. I would love to interact with you there. You can tell me about what you want to see in a Battle Royale game. I'll tell you what I want to see in a Battle Royale game. And then none of it will get noticed by any developers at any time. And none of it will ever happen. But you and I, in that very brief moment, can live in a wonderful little fantasy where we have created a unique, special, and significant Battle Royale innovation. Halo Infinite Season Pass contents are potentially leaked. Now, this is a rumor that's going around that says that the full contents of the uh, Season Pass of both the free and paid tiers of the game's multiplayer modes have been leaked. Um, and this is coming on the heels of news from Halo Infinite, I think a month or two ago, where they said that the full campaign story had been leaked online. And so similarly, if you are waiting to look forward to a, a big blockbuster movie. And, you know, a lot of those in this day and age are big superhero movies, particularly Marvel brand uh, superhero movies. If you're looking forward to one of those, you stay off the internet for a few weeks out from its release and a few weeks post its release if you can't see it right away. The same thing goes for video games that you're looking forward to. And because... I don't know. I don't know if the potential for leaks in video games is greater than in movies. I don't know if the same kind of NDAs and protections are made to make sure that these leaks don't make it to us, the casual gaming public. But it seems like video game leaks are a lot more, I guess, prevalent uh, to today. So if you don't want to be spoiled to a video game, I mean, just stay off the Internet. Just uh, I, And I'm not going to deliver uh, leaks and spoilers here. I'm not going to deliver leaks and spoilers unless something is out and I want to talk about it. And in which case, I will, I will always make sure to deliver you 
a warning first. <laughs> I say that thinking back in my head to the couple of times that I did not. And I just started speaking uh, out of pocket about a particular thing and go, oh, shoot, that's a that's a spoiler. I shouldn't be talking about that. So anyway, um, that's out there. If you don't want to know about Halo Infinite's uh, season pass, if you don't want to know about the multiplayer story, because apparently there's a whole separate story from the campaign story that happens in the multiplayer space of that game. Uh, all right. Ooh, here's a good one. Epic admits that Fortnite's imposters mode was inspired by Among Us. Well, no shit. So there was a, a game mode going around in Fortnite that you could play where essentially you had a traitor or an imposter who would try and sabotage and kill the crew members. Well, the crew members would go around doing certain and specific tasks. The creative functions in Fortnite are very good. And a lot of people had have made a lot of really creative and cool game modes that Fortnite uh, oftentimes will highlight and showcase in the game itself when you boot it up to play the, the multiplayer uh, game. And Imposters seemed like it was a, a, a game mode that Fortnite itself had made. Um, and it definitely wasn't as good as Among Us. I mean, you can't be with... Uh, you know, the Among Us game had a, a whole set of tools, a whole set of gameplay that was dedicated to this certain type of game where Fortnite is dedicated to a different type of game. And they were just trying to make it fit into this category. So it's good that they finally admit it. Now, Fortnite has also been in the hot seat for stealing people's dances. There have been a lot of popular people that have come out and said, Hey, that's my dance. That's my, those are my trademark moves, man, that you stole from me. And Fortnite has, I think won every one of those cases, if there's even been cases brought or public sentiment or, or whatever. And then, you know, Fortnite has snagged other things from other games like apex legends had a respawn system. Fortnite then had a respawn system. Apex legends had a pinging system. And then Fortnite came out with a pinging system and I'm not complaining. I, you know, that's two giant corporations that, you know, whatever they do, you know, whatever I, I root for them and have my own brand loyalties like anything else, as you can tell in this case, Apex Legends. But uh, I think the pinging system and the respawn system made Fortnite a better game. Uh, just like, you know, all of these other other popular features and games make just make games better. And I have nothing, nothing against that. Okay. Oh, here's one that Anthony will like Anthony. If you're listening, pay attention, pay <laughs> buck up soldier. Um, Microsoft reportedly considering allowing Xbox owners the quote right to repair. So what this is, is there is a, a movement at large here that's not just within Xbox, not just within Microsoft, but within the, the technology space as a whole where people want the ability to repair their own equipment, their own games, their own phones, their own consoles, their own computers, what have you. And so this movement has reached the ears of Microsoft and they have hired a firm to do a study that will be released sometime in 2022 on what the implications are, what the benefits and the, the negative connotations would be to allowing people to repair their own Xbox consoles. 
And stuff like that could include, you know, manuals and instructions to repair, uh, could include easy purchase of uh, parts and pieces, you know, screws, nuts, bolts, processors, what, whatever, what have you, uh, that people could very easily access and then repair and replace themselves. It could also include things like right now, if you were to tear down your Xbox or your PlayStation or your Nintendo or your Apple iPhone, in many cases, doing such would, uh, it would void the warranty on those pieces of equipment. And then you wouldn't be able to get them repaired uh, by, by the, the original uh, manufacturers of those pieces of equipment. So I think it's cool. I hope it goes somewhere. I hope we all have the ability to repair our own things ourselves because man, it doesn't matter what you are. Now I'm going to show how domesticated I am here in a second, whatever you're re repairing or replacing, whether it's a, a piece to a dryer, you know, your own, your own light fixtures, whatever you're doing. Um, it's always cheaper to be able to do it yourself, to look at a YouTube video and try it yourself or, you know, call your brother, call your dad and say, Hey, Come over here and look at this with me. I need a, I need a little help. Uh, Avowed features two-handed combat system and various classes. And it's currently in pre-alpha. This is a report. Um, it says that there's going to be many of the familiar spells from Pillars of Eternity and more colorful visuals than the Elder Scrolls. So uh, Avowed is, of course, that... Uh, might and magic game coming out from obsidian studios that looks very very similar to skyrim to the elder scrolls game it before before bethesda was was gobbled up by microsoft as well i had oftentimes compared it uh to being the competitor to skyrim i i compared it to being microsoft's answer to bethesda's skyrim but now it's now that they're both under the same umbrella they're both in the same house I, uh, I'll call them, I'll call them brothers. Uh, <laughs> okay. Quake 2021 launches natively for PlayStation five and the Xbox series X and S. Uh, that's a new update for Quake's recent expanded re-release and it's added 4k and 120 frames per second to support the game on current generation machines. Oh, I just hit the over arrow with all this, all this news and information is on my phone here. Final Fantasy 14 hits 24 million players and becomes the most profitable game in the series. And this is amazing. I know it just came out with a new DLC. I don't know what it's called. Unfortunately, I'm not a, a Final Fantasy 14 player. I just remember when Final Fantasy uh, 11 and Final Fantasy 14 were released, I was thinking to myself, man, these are online games. These are massively um, multiplayer online RPGs. I'm not going to get a chance to play these. Uh, and I was right. I didn't, I didn't ever play them, but to think that a game, when did 14 come out? Must've come out after 13 must've come out. Shoot. I was still there. So it was before 2010. So it's at least a decade old, if not more, maybe 2006, 2008. Uh, but it's amazing to me to think that uh, a game that's at probably at least 10 years old is the most profitable game in the series. And I think part of that resurgence is we've talked about before on the show uh, due to the Activision Blizzard stuff that's going on with the lawsuit and the harassment over there. 
and the mass exodus from World of Warcraft, people are looking for other online RPGs to play. And Final Fantasy XIV, it's just, it's hitting that spot for them. That sweet spot that, what was the other game? It was Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Online, ESO. Yeah, so um, a game similar to similar to that one. Okay, so here's that patent that I was talking about before. Oh, no, this isn't the patent. This isn't even the news. What the hell is this? Sony patent aims to make spectating a more interactive experience. Now, giving this a quick cursory look through the article there, um, I'm not I'm not the guy that goes and looks at these patents. The only way that I talk about these patents is that they end up on the news desk because I have come across them on one of these uh, gaming websites that I frequent here. But this Sony patent, what it does is, uh, at least as far as I can tell, will deliver spectator metadata. When a spectator says, hey, go look over that hill or hey, um, you know, pick up this weapon, use this weapon instead of this weapon, a streamer can see, you know, and this <laughs> this goes hand in hand with a a casual erosion of of privacy that we all are experiencing simultaneously in this new world of digital data. Um, it will show the streamer, you know, like age and gender of the of the person streaming and maybe how reliable their comment is. So I guess what it does is allows people to gain and garner reputation that then a streamer could use to make game decisions and make this wants very spectator sport um, in, in regards to streaming a very participatory uh, experience. Uh, oh, oh, here it is. Let's see. From the article, Sony Interactive filed a patent with the World Intellectual Property Organization, or WIPO, titled, quote, Player Feedback to Increase Spectatorship in a Video Game. The patent was filed March 2021, but was officially published and made public on October 7th. The patent features rough sketches for the basic idea of what they want to do. On one side, there are boxes apparently overlaid on top of gameplay that look like the players can ask questions to the spectators and the spectators can respond, allowing the streamer to see how they voted. On the other side is a box saying spectator profile data, which graphs show viewer age, region, and player level distribution. Those as just stand in graphs just to show the idea of what Sony would intend to do with the patent. So some technology that we could be seeing in games in the future. A quick update. Uh, it's kind of a rumor here, but Beyond Good and Evil 2 may be closer than people think. So says this article headline. And this is from, uh, shoot, what where did I pull this from? GameRant.com. So Beyond Good and Evil uh, 2 has been a long uh, long championed game. It's been a, uh, long awaited game that has very notoriously missed a bunch of, uh, public appearances at what it did not make a showing at this year's E3, but there was a job listing from <laughs> shoot. Who makes that game? Is it Ubisoft? It must be Ubisoft. Uh, and the game listing says that this is from the people that made popular games like Watch Dogs. It lists off a bunch of other games and, oh no, it says, or Good and Beyond Good and Evil 2, which implies that this game 
is very nearly finished or finished because why would they put an unfinished game into a job listing that is touting their other finished games? So, that, I mean, that's at least what the, the people on the internet are thinking right now. This is, um, this is another patent that Sony has made. Sony, it, it feels like every other time I'm doing this show, I'm talking about a slew of Sony patents that are being done. So Sony could be working on a customizable controller with a Wii U style screen. Now, remember the news article that I, I told you about before about the head Apple arcade uh, game game designer uh, coming over to work for Sony to be part of Sony's new mobile uh, game department here. So this customizable controller with a Wii U style screen could be a direct competitor to not only the Nintendo Switch, but the Steam Deck that is coming out or has come out already. I think it comes out on the 18th of this month. I could be way off base right here, but it's cool to think that Sony is also maybe potentially working on some kind of mobile or handheld gaming device to prop up their games. I would love to see if Sony made something that was portable in a way that not just attached to your Sony console, but also something along the lines of a switch that you could take that you could take with you. Who knows if that'll be if that'll be the case, though. All right. Netflix could be planning a squid game video game. Uh, there's uh, it, this article says, unsurprisingly, there are signs that Netflix is at least considering turning popular squid game into a video game based on a recently discovered trademark. Now the trademark, uh, as I read the article was about, you know, um, books, movies, television shows, and also video games. So it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are, um, planning a video game for this. But if you couple this with the news that Netflix wants to move into the streaming gaming market, and you couple this with the fact that Squid Game is one of the, I, the most popular shows in the world right now. I just watched it. It was very good. It was very good. It did remind me of other uh, of anime that I have seen that have a, a very similar premise. It reminded me of, you know, the hunger games. I'll talk about squid game at some other point. Uh, very good show. I, I really enjoyed it, but, uh, it's also perfect for a video game. I mean, if you think just like in very simple terms about what a game is and how a game has different levels that your character progresses through that are different in nature, though, using similar gameplay mechanics, a game that is based on this IP could, I mean, very easily be made. This this show could very easily be translated into a uh, into a video game. Okay, that's that's all I have for gaming news right now. Though there is one other thing that I wanted to talk about real real quick, since this is not the movies and television news show. We talk about gaming here. Uh, Anthony did mention the Cowboy Bebop ha had a trailer that was released on his on his show. And I'm a huge anime fan. I'm a huge Cowboy Bebop fan from way back in the day. And this article caught my eye while I was browsing these video game stories. Original Cowboy Bebop Japanese voice cast will dub the live action remake. Now, when I saw Cowboy Bebop for the first time, I saw it on Adult Swim. And so 
I saw it on, on Cartoon Network and all of the characters were dubbed. So I have a very specific voice in mind when I think of um, Spike Spiegel or Faye Valentine or any of those characters. But for those of you that did watch it in the original Japanese audio, this is a huge piece of news because these characters, these dubs or these Japanese dubs will be the exact same as the ones that you you watch when you watch the original show. So if you don't want to watch it in the native uh, English language that it's being filmed and produced in, and you want to turn on those Japanese dubs, well, uh, we've got uh, Koichi Yamadera. He's back as Spike, Spike Spiegel. Titan Kusunoki is uh, Jet Black. Megumi Hayashibara as Faye Valentine. Uh, Norio Wakamoto as Vicious. Gara Takashima as Julia, Sutomo Tareki as Punch, Mika Nagasawa as Judy, Takaya Hashi as Teddy Bomber, Masako Isobi as Mao, and Kenyu Horiyochi as Grin. So if you're interested in those original Japanese dubs, and you know, if you're if you're nostalgic for that and you don't want to watch the whole show, it might be worth turning on those Japanese dubs just to hear uh just to hear those original, those original audio, or, or those original voice actors, I should say. Okay, okay, my voice is giving out on me for some reason. I'm having a, a terrible scratch itch that I just got to get rid of, and so I got to go through uh, the upcoming games today. Coming out is the Rift Breaker on October 14th, and um, that's coming out on the newer generation consoles as well as the PC. Tomorrow on October 15th. We've got NHL 2022. That's coming out on, you know, all of the PlayStations and Xboxes. Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles, coming out on October 15th. Again, all of the regular consoles there, but also PC. No Nintendo Switch. I'm so sorry. Uh, Crisis Remastered Trilogy is coming out on October 15th. And that's on uh, the last generation console. So we're talking PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. PC and Nintendo Switch. Okay, now on to the upcoming games. Are you ready for what's coming out next week? Week of October. Oh, shoot, man. They don't have a lot of games coming out until the 18th. Is that the next set of games? Uh, I guess that's five days on the 19th. Okay, on uh, October 19th, we've got the Caligula Effect 2. That's coming out on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. We've got Into the Pit also coming out on the 19th. It is a first-person shooter on the PC and Xbox One uh, platforms. Then Tandem, A Tale of Shadows on October 21st. And that's on last generation PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, uh, PC and Nintendo Switch. Then, big exciting news, if you've been waiting for it, the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes comes out on October 22nd, and that's on last and current generation consoles, sounds the Switch, and PC. And then finally, on October 22nd, we also have Kate Collateral Damage uh, coming out for PC. It's a PC exclusive there. And just real quick, like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the Marvel game, is coming out on October 26th. So we are 
Shoot, we are less than two weeks away from this game. I'm very excited for it. Um, I wasn't excited. Then I saw some of the dialogue tree options. And so it may be a much different game than I had anticipated. I'm excited for it to come out and see some reviews on what people think of the game. And then, shit, maybe I'll, maybe I'll dive into it myself. That is it. For the Culture Jack News Desk, thank you so much for dealing with my rambling, incoherent mess of a brain. I really appreciate it. Stay tuned for tomorrow for the Friday show. On today's episode, The Weekend Wire and Monday Madness, we've got all kinds of shows coming all the time. Um, Big news coming up in regards to an app that I get to work with. That's very cool. Make sure you leave us a review uh, on this podcast uh, on whatever streaming platform that you're listening to us on. We are on uh, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, what else are we on? We're on Amazon Music and Google Play Music and Pandora Radio and iHeartRadio. You can leave us a review wherever reviews are sold. It would help us out a great deal. Now, if you're super, super into the podcast, which I know you are, you can go leave us a review on all of those places. Just do it. Just leave us a review on every single one of them. Take a good two hours out of your day. Go find every single platform that Culture Jack is listed on and leave us a review. Unless the review is not nice and it's going to hurt my feelings. In that case, don't leave it on any of them. Please do not go out of your way to to shit on this this beautiful baby podcast that I have uh, co-created for several years now on every single streaming platform that we are aired on. Please don't do that. If you would like to get in touch with us, you would like to feature a question or a comment or hell, a whole topic on the show, you can get in touch with us at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com as well. But that's it. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Culture Jacked News Desk. That's the news, and we will see you next week.